B-Pod Studios. This is Talkin' Rock. Talkin' Rock. Your backstage pass to some of your favorite rock artists. Here's your host, Meltdown. We're back at it. Another non-award winning installment of the Talkin' Rock with Meltdown podcast. Thank you guys so much for uh, checking it out. Uh, two big stars on it today. Blothar, the berserker, of course, from uh, Guar. He's going to be in the southeast Michigan area at Astronomicon coming up on March 3rd and 4th. That's uh, just Friday and Saturday. He won't be there on Sunday, so if we're looking to meet him, uh, we'll talk more about that coming up here in just a bit. And then it's uh, Bronson Arreu. And you might be saying to yourself, well, wait a second. He was a baseball player. That's right. He was for 17 years in the big leagues. Well, now he's a musician, and he's got a record out that's actually pretty decent. We'll talk all things music and baseball with uh, Bronson coming up here in just a few minutes. Uh, by the way, this first interview with uh, Blothar, you can actually watch on Zoom. I posted at WRIF.com in the Rift TV section, of course, on my page, WRIF.com slash Meltdown. I uh, love talking with uh, Blothar. Of course, he always, he always comes in full regalia, which he did again this time. So let's talk with Blothar, see what they have going on as far as Guar is concerned. And uh, it's a lot, and a lot he can't talk about. And once again, I am joined by greatness. Blothar, how are you? I'm pretty pretty doggone good. Excellent. Uh, first off, I have to thank you for your hospitality when I came and saw you guys in uh, Milwaukee last year, right around Halloween. And you guys were so nice uh, before the show to meet with me, and you even offered to kill me, which I thought was fantastic. Well, you know, we, we do what we can to accommodate our fans and friends with instant death. Right, exactly. Yeah, they offered to kill me on stage, but apparently um, I was uh, outmanned by a, a radio station winner who didn't show up that night. I don't know what happened there. So, Oh, I, that's so ridiculous. Yeah. hate it when that happens. Yeah. That was at the Rave. I've never been to that place before, but that place is pretty cool. It is. It's a, it's haunted, a haunted former Eagles club. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like some weird defunct branch of the of the Masons. <laughs> it's a very, very strange venue to be in because they, they have a – it's been there for a long time, and we used to go down in the basement and hang around. And, uh, you know, you could – I remember one time there was a wall that was knocked down, and we went in there and discovered that it had been a, a bomb shelter in World War II, got a bunch of K-rations to eat. Wow. Yeah, I think I remember you telling me that that the the, the downstairs was crazy. Of course, uh, for people that, that don't know, that's like uh, that that place has like tons of rooms, and it's somewhat indestructible, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty crazy. There's at least, I mean, I know of four stages in there. So yeah, and I was outside waiting for my Uber to come and take me back to my uh, hotel that night, and right across the street is where Jeffrey Dahmer killed one of his victims in that hotel. Yeah, I know. It's so creepy. Yeah, it's weird. So, uh, anyways, what do you guys have going on right now? What's going on in the Guar camp? Well, you know, um, not much. Not a whole lot. Uh, I, I, what is this? This is my publicist keeps dinging me. Doesn't he know that I'm on the interview that he set up? Right, exactly. Doofus. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, right now we are preparing for a uh, special uh televised and radio event that I can't announce. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, but, you know, so we're, we're getting ready to do that, and uh, we're working on a record. I'm uh, writing lyrics all the time, which puts me in a very foul mood. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, we, we never stop working. We're trying to, we're 
getting ready for a tour, which we also can't announce. Uh, and I'm getting ready to go to Astronomicon. Now that that I can't announce. Uh, so we're we're going to be up up you know at a uh, right outside of Detroit in Michigan there and uh, doing uh, uh, a convention. And uh, I'll be there with all of the other, you know, a star-studded cavalcade. Oh, oh it is a star-studded cavalcade. I know that. Uh, uh, who is it that's going to be there? I, I know that there's lots of lots of horror people are going to be there. Yeah, horror people, uh, you know, uh, Jane, Silent Bob, guys like that, you know. Uh, yeah, you yeah. Know, a lot of the wrestling guys are going to be there as well. And you're only going to be That's what I'm excited about, the wrestling guys. Is that right? You're a big wrestling fan, are you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Who are, who are some of your heroes from the world of wrestling? Well, I mean, back in the day, I really liked uh, Black Jack Mulligan and Dusty Rhodes and yeah. Ivan Koloff. I mean, Ivan Koloff had a lot to do with the foundation of Guar, to be honest with you. Like uh, uh, one of the founding fathers of some of the, not just one, but the whole group of the uh, sort of original artists that made Guar used to always go down to the Richmond Coliseum and, and, and put on some red shirts with yellow hammer and sickles on them uh, and just tempt fate with the rednecks at the Coliseum, like voting, voting, you know, rooting for uh, Ivan Koloff and, and Nikita Khrushchev, I guess his, uh, his young tag team partner. Um, so those were, those were good old days. Now, you know, it's weird because the wrestlers, wrestlers should be big, fat, out of shape guys that <laughs> only vaguely look like they're in, you know, that they should be doing something like that. Now they're all skinny and flying around the ring I don't like that. I don't like that at all. You're not a big uh, high flyer fan, right? Yeah, yeah. But I like, you know, and I, I do like that $5 wrestling. I like that a lot. The uh, I don't know if you've seen that. The I don't think they actually run it anymore, but it's completely depressing wrestling that takes place in front of about, you know, 14 people with folding chairs in a high school gymnasium somewhere. Those, that's what I like. Yeah, the independent wrestling. I was just at one of those uh, over the weekend. It was actually packed. And uh, my friend Rhino, who's going to be at Astronomicon, was there. Uh, you're going to be there at Astronomicon. By the way, that said, the, the uh, Burton Manor in Livonia, just outside of Detroit, you're going to be there on Friday and Saturday, March 3rd and 4th for photo ops and that kind of thing, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going to be there. And I am going to be square because that's my shape, vaguely square. Uh, but I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to meet people. <clears throat> Always excited to meet our fans. Now, there was a few things you said you can't talk about, but you do have some uh, festivals and stuff coming up this summer. You're going to be hopping on. Uh, you're playing uh, incarceration, things like that. You're going over to Europe for some festivals. But yep. you mentioned that you're really not doing much now, but you are writing stuff. So the record came out last summer, The New Dark Ages. So tell us about uh, maybe what's in your brain. What, what, what kind of stuff are you thinking about for the next record? Well, I mean, you know, The New Dark Ages, we're still sort of touring out on that. And there's a lot of it that we haven't even played live yet which and I, I can't wait to get on stage and we do have some touring in the states that's one thing that i'm sitting on here but uh that is coming up we're going to be going out um we just can't sort of say what what the package is right now uh, i have a secret package you should see my package it's secret uh, but we do have uh have that coming up and uh but as far as writing songs and, and thinking about music right now, you know, we're working on a, a, a really big project that uh, involves Guar and and the story of Guar and film. 
and all all kinds of stuff that 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 we're working on and so the music that we're writing right now is 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 geared towards uh this idea that guar is gonna you know once again work on a feature-length film and put it out and uh that that's kind of shaping what we're doing is uh, the the narrative that we're working on uh, for this film. Uh, you know, at the least, it'll make it on an album, but hopefully, it makes it into uh, into everybody's living room. That's what you need is guar in your living room. Well, there's no question about that. So I'm I'm just kind of fishing here a little bit, but uh, maybe a little bit of a concept stuff, uh, concept record of sorts, or no? Uh not as much of a. Con- I mean, every guar record is a concept record, you know. Um, they all, uh, at least most of them have some kind of a theme going all the way back to, uh, at least to America must be destroyed. Right. Which, uh, was kind of the first deliberately conceptual record that we made. But, um, before that it was just an accident. It was an accidentally concept record. Um, but you know, less of a concept record and more of just sort of, you know, I mean, this like New Dark Ages is really geared around the comic book. It's geared around the the graphic novel that came out uh, to accompany it. So uh, there's a lot of songs that reflect uh, the narratives in that in that comic book. Um, and this this record is going to be the same thing. It's just reflecting uh, what's going to be going on in this uh, in the film that we're working on. Now, speaking of films, of course, uh, this is Guar is out on Shutter right now. And uh, I don't have Shutter. I guess I have the other 82 streaming services, but I think I'm missing a lot if I don't have Shutter, isn't it? I'm a horror movie fan, and that's all on there, isn't it? Shutter is 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 great. I mean, it's uh, I I was amazed because until until we got on the network, I didn't really, you know, I knew it existed, and I was like, you know, I remember when it came out, and it was, oh wow, you know, here's something with horror movies, but. But like you said, everybody has a lot of streaming services. So, uh, but once I actually started watching it, I was like, okay, yeah, I, you know, this is for me. I mean, it's way more useful than than Netflix. I mean, it's got uh, a lot of, uh, you know, obviously Netflix has a, a ton more variety, but Shutter is really focused on an area that Guar is very interested in, which is horror and. Uh, uh, to some degree, science fiction, but you know, uh, mostly horror stuff, and it's all divided by genre. It's really geared towards uh, horror, and 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 that I don't know. I love it. I love it. Guar is very influenced by horror movies, uh, so I've, I've really enjoyed watching it because there's a ton of stuff on there that I wouldn't otherwise see, uh, and that I don't think you can get on other streaming services. Yeah, have you been uh, have you been out to see any of the, the the latest horror movies like in the theaters or anything? You know, I haven't uh mainly because uh we've been so busy and when, when we go on the road, uh, while we do like to go and and enjoy our days off at deserted shopping malls that are full of zombies. For some reason, I just wind up hanging out in the food court and maybe, you know, sitting in one of the massage chairs. I never I never actually go to the movies. Yeah, when I went to see you guys in Milwaukee, I actually went to a movie theater that night, an old movie theater with like the old style where the seats were just above each other. And I watched um, I watched Fright Night, the original one. It was playing from like 19, whatever it was, 87 or something like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that would be great. 
I don't know. I mean, have you seen any of the most recent horror movies? Or are there any yeah. good ones? I saw Megan. That was pretty good. I saw um, Infinity Pool, which is pretty decent. Terrifier 2, I thought, was uh, dumb and fun. Uh, yeah. You know, That's the only one I've been interested in seeing is Terrifier yeah. 2. Did you get a chance to see it? I didn't. No, not yet. Yeah, that's a good one. It's it's dumb and fun, like I said. But uh, um, Skinnamarink, I just thought was awful. But you know, <clears throat> what are you gonna do? I I paid <laughs> I paid to see that one in the theater, and it, uh, I couldn't wait for it to end. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that's that, a good theatrical experience. I can't wait for this to end. It was it was terrible. <laughs> Hopefully, that's what our movie will do to people. We want people to be just looking at their watches from the first minute <laughs> on. Yeah, 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 that that would be that that probably not be a great uh, great experience, I suppose. But uh, I don't think I've talked to you. Uh, it's been a while since I talked to you, but uh, um, I haven't talked to you since this Lizzie Hale song the Cutter came out. So, um, how is she to work with? I mean, Lizzie's like one of the best people around, huh? Oh yeah, I mean, she's a just a very very talented, uh, really. You know, she's just such a, a great singer and such a, a great musician. Uh, and yeah, she's also just a great person. She's fun to be around. And, uh, um, I really enjoyed working with her. I think she's, uh, I think she's, I think she's great. Yeah. Did, did, did she know anything about Guar? Was she a fan? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, she knew about Guar and then she actually made up, you know, her own character. I mean, that, uh, for the, you know, which on the cutter, she's, she's playing the, a, a different role, but, you know, she's actually now we we consider her a sister to Guar, and she has a a, a character. Uh, so we're excited about that. Yeah, next time you're in Nashville, did did she go on stage with you or anything? She hasn't yet, but she probably will. You could offer to kill her on stage, like you did with me. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, although if I get her up there, I'm going to want to do you know Islands in the Stream or something. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Is 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 Guar one of these bands? I don't know. I've thought about this. You probably answered this question a million times. Is this one of these bands that's just going to continue to go? Uh, continue to go where? To the bathroom? Like, yeah, yeah, just to keep going on and I, on. Yes, I, I, sometimes that's what happens to me. I, <laughs> you know, I'm a little older and my prostate, you know, whatever. But, I mean, of course, we're going to continue to go. We're going to – but I don't know how – exactly how long but or where we're going to but yeah guar is guar is in it for the long haul the longest haul probably this is this this haul is too long let me just put it like that when is this haul gonna end uh, but we, we're still we're still doing it and and we are still having fun and it's gonna go until we stop i suppose yeah, you got some uh, crazy fans, like I told you at the show in in, uh, in Milwaukee. That was the first time I'd ever seen you guys before. And there's all the fans out there with the white T-shirts and stuff. And those people couldn't wait to get it right up close. And then everybody asked me when I saw the show, so did you get stuff all over you? I'm like, no, I was up in the upper level watching from from the bird's eye view. I had to catch the whole show. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's, that's, that's a good way to do it. You know, you don't want to be down there with the maniacs that get turned into dog food at the end of the show. No, it was great. An awesome experience. I think everybody should have a chance to go see Guar. Me too. I and really do. Maybe this year as you're talking about with the, with the, with the tour and a package coming up, huh? Yeah. Package. Come see my package. That's right. Well, we'll be able to see your package coming up on March uh, 3rd and 4th. Uh, anything else that we should know about in your world? What's happening? Well, you know, like I said, check out the graphic novel. We got a bunch of cool new, uh, 
products. Uh, some, <laughs> there's no end to the level that we will prostitute ourselves. <laughs> How are those selling? Are they selling pretty good? Oh yeah, the uh, you know I, I think we we may be talking about the uh, the particular marital aid, the Guam right. marital aid. Yeah, that's that's flying off the shelves. Let me tell you, people can't wait to get a hold of that thing. People are vibrating with anticipation for that. They really are. Yeah, uh, you, you're doing this uh, astronomicon like we like we've been talking about. You've done a lot of these in the past. I'm sure. What 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 kind of things do people have you sign? Is there anything crazy that people have you sign? Well, I mean, you know, there's always people that want us to sign their 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 buttholes, but, yeah. which we can't do. You right. know, I, I I make the the L, you know, the B and the L, and then guess what the O is. <laughs> uh, but you know, I mean, we 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 sign we sign all kinds of things. You know, underwear. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think the weirdest thing. Oh yeah, artificial limbs. We definitely sign some of those. Uh, um, and you know, I mean, pretty much anything anybody brings. I like it when they bring pictures of another band or another person that they want you to sign. I really appreciate that. Here, can you sign this picture of first Jason? Yeah, okay, no problem. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, we'll sign anything. Of course, all of our ridiculous products. You know what? I haven't signed one of those uh, one of those cuttlefishes of Cthulhu. I haven't signed one of those yet. Mm. But, right. to put yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I remember one of my friends in a band, I can't remember which band told me that he's signed actually a, a CD burned copy of their CD. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's 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 a classy move. <laughs> so that's uh, March 3rd and 4th. You're only going to be there on Friday and Saturday, so I'll probably see you there on a Saturday. But uh, uh, Blothar, always great to uh, see and talk with you. And once again, thanks for your hospitality last fall in uh, Milwaukee. It was, a, it was a show I won't I won't soon forget. Well, good. I'm glad. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Award-winning movies often have incredible soundtracks, and many of those have gone on to become country gold. We've picked our top five country songs that have been nominated for an Oscar. Text Oscar to 45911 to see if your favorite made the list on Backstagecountry.com. Text Oscar to 45911, and we'll send the link straight to your phone. Up next, it's Bronson Arroyo, who uh, was a pitcher in the major leagues, uh, all-star games, won championships, just played at the machine shop a couple weeks ago right here in uh, Flint, Michigan. He's got a new record out called Some Might Say. He also had a record out years ago called Covering the Bases. We talk about that and much more with Bronson today, up second on Talking Rock. Hey, Bronson, good to hear from you. How are you? I'm doing good. I can't complain. I'm in Cincinnati, just uh, banging out some, you know, some 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 press here. There you go, some press. It's funny because I was just thinking about this before you called it. I typically don't interview baseball players, uh, but I did interview Doug Fister. Was the last person I interviewed as far as baseball is concerned. <laughs> Very cool, yeah. Doug Fister. Yeah, man, long 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 career like myself. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, anyways, but you're kind of switching careers now. You're done with baseball and you're heading off and uh, doing the music thing. And uh, I didn't realize that you were actually up. Well, kind of sort of in my neck of the woods at my favorite bar over the weekend at the machine shop. 
Oh, yeah, man. What a great show. I was just saying that to some other guys on the radio. Yeah, I went up there with my, my, my local Cincinnati band, and we play a lot of covers. And we've been putting this bill together where a local band named Brent, uh, Brent James and the Vintage Youth, he, he wanted to do a, a tribute to the Chili Peppers. And so we would uh, we play with them, and we do all Pearl Jam. And that was 15-song Pearl Jam set the other night, man, and the place was going crazy. I was climbing the rafters by the end of the night. It was <laughs> That place is the real deal, man. The machine shop, wow. Yeah. Kevin and everybody that put that place together over all these years, man, that is that's something special. Yeah, Kevin said, uh, tell him I said what up. He was fantastic. Very cool dude. Spot on Pearl Jam, he says. But he says, you would have known if you would have shown up talking to me, of course. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I should have. But uh, uh, before we get into, into the uh, new record here, you you put out a record years ago called uh, Covering the Bases, which, of course, is like just a very clever name for uh, all cover songs. Um, how does one get Stephen King to, to play on a record? Yeah, you know, that was that was strange, you know, because 2004, so he started, he, he came to a lot of games, and I remember, I haven't read his book yet, but I know he chronicled basically the whole 04 season, and at some point in there, I've read these little excerpts where he was kind of like, I don't know who this kid Arroyo is, you know, and then by the middle of the book, it's kind of like, hey, looks like Bronson Roy is about to emerge as a frontline starter in major leagues, like he's really getting the job done, so, you know, we kind of had that connection in that way, and so when I was putting that album together, Everlong had this kind of breakdown part that you can't understand what Dave Grohl was kind of mumbling in the background. Yeah, and yeah. So we asked Steven, since he was such a big Red Sox fan, if and he also owned radio stations, so we knew he loved music, if he would uh, write a part and, and kind of perform it on the album for us. And he said, well, send me the song, and if it's, if it's good, I'll do it. And so we sent him the song, and uh, yeah, he wrote this part. And if you listen to that, I mean, people don't know that Steven a lot of times. It is the coolest, creepiest part on the record, <laughs> and and uh, I got to meet him a couple of times, you know, after, after the fact, and we talked on the phone, but there was uh, something cool to, to, to have him on that. Yeah, are, you a, are you a horror movie fan? I've I've been, you know, I you can't help but be a Stephen King fan. I mean, I'm not a huge horror fan, but I mean, you know, the old the old days watching Pet Cemetery as a kid, uh, you know, or it, you know, yeah. you, you can't you can't help but but run into these things. Now, there's some other uh there's some other rockers that are big baseball fans. Have you ever had a chance to meet like a Jack White or Geddy Lee or anything like that? So I did a commercial with Geddy Lee uh, in spring training of 2007. It was it was uh Peter Gammon from from ESPN, John Cruck, myself, uh, gosh, I'm thinking it was it was a, one other ball player, but Getty Lee was there, and I was the only guy. It was it was actually for it was for ESPN, and it was for like a uh, fantasy baseball commercial. And so Getty asked me if I wanted to sing my part, and so so I did. I sang my part. So it was Getty singing the, on the thing, and I and I'm on the the song with him. And uh, I know he's a huge baseball fan. He used to call me in the dugout from in Toronto or in Chicago. He'd be up on top of the dugout, sitting there in his seats, and and, and I'd wave at him. But that, that was that was a cool experience. <laughs> That's so kick ass that you're like you know you you kind of know these guys. I, I've interviewed and met Getty you know once or twice, and he, he, a nicer guy is hard to find. But uh, he's a big you know obviously a musician, but he's a huge baseball fan. Like you said, I think he sits in the stands. He doesn't need doesn't he like he does his paperwork right with all the the stats and everything yeah, he loves the game. I mean, you find guys like that, Eddie Vedder, the same way. You right. know, when he was a kid, he would be in Chicago and he would grab his little book and his pencil, and it'd be like, you know, you're at the softball field and you're keeping the little league scorebook like somebody's mom. But you know, guys get that in their blood, man, and they don't want to let it go. And it's part of the reason why I can, you know, have a friendship with some of these guys because they they value what I did out on the field at such a high level that you know they they think of it 
the same way I think of them playing to, you know, Madison Square Garden, they think of me pitching on the mound in Wrigley is that same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because uh, I've, I've interviewed a lot of, uh, you know, rock stars and whatnot that want to be, you know, uh, uh, sports athletes or actors or whatever the case is. So there's there's always, even when you get to the highest level, like you said, like you were, there's always that little party that wants to do something else, isn't there? There's no doubt. I mean, it, sometimes it feels like the excitement is, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. And you go to a music show and you're like, wow, this is amazing. And, um, you know, you come to the ballpark and see somebody strike, you know, uh, you know, Sammy Sosa out. And you're like, wow, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. But, uh, you know, it's it, it's been enticing on both ends. And it's probably what drew me to playing music and, and kind of sticking with it over the years of being in the minor leagues and kind of hacking away on my acoustic guitar. Because I did envision playing music for people one day. I didn't know if it was going to be for 25 people in a bar, which I still do some times now or if it's going to be for 15,000 which we've done as well so it's it's um you know it's something that that is hard work and you got to kind of dig into and I think people want to do the other because it's it's difficult to be more than one in life but I've been fortunate enough to be talented enough to play baseball for a long time and then kind of put in enough hard work to try to hack away through and being a, you know a decent musician now uh, I'm here in Detroit and there's this uh, there's this music uh, record store or music store whatever it's called uh, melodies and memories or something like that it's over on the east side Anyways, uh, this guy who owns this store, I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he has one of the biggest autographed baseball collections, I guess, in the world. And he's got a baseball with all four Beatles autographed on. He's got baseballs with popes and presidents and all sorts of stuff. And, of course, obviously baseball players. Have you ever heard of that guy? No, I haven't. There's a lot of guys who collect memorabilia, but that sounds really cool. I've I've kind of got the opposite. I've got uh, well, no, kind of the same thing. I over the years, I've never was a collector of memorabilia. I never got an autograph from another baseball player, like on a jersey or anything, unless somebody asked me for it. But I, but I would take a baseball and have bands sign it. So I've got a I've got a Chili Peppers ball. I've got a stained ball. I've got a Pearl Jam ball. I've mm. got you know different balls from from bands, American Hi-Fi. That uh, you know over the years, I'd run into them and have them sign it. Yeah, this guy, I don't know what his deal was with collecting baseballs, but he's got all sorts of people from all sorts of walks of life autographed baseballs, which is kind of uh, unusual. But uh, anyway, so some might say that's the uh, record that's out right now. Did you you play any uh, songs off this record at the Machine Shop over the weekend? Do you slide them in or no? No, I didn't. You know, in, in, in my Cincinnati cover band, well, up there we were doing a tribute to Pearl Jam. Okay. Sometimes we'll slide one or two. Some might say, or Guerrilla Warfare has been on the set list once in a while. But truly, to get the real sound of the 04 band, it's got to be those guys playing in that band. And there's a lot of three-part harmonies going on. And honestly, the the band in Cincinnati here would have to work ridiculously amounts of time to try to really nail those parts down because they were written by Clint Walsh on the record and they're just you know sometimes when when other people do things very free and easy it's very hard to duplicate and so I'm really looking forward to getting out this weekend and playing for the first time with with the with the 04 band and really bringing this album to life yeah I was talking with uh, Brent Smith from Shinedown a couple weeks ago about their first record which uh, is is a is another story but you know they, they always say that you know you can spend your whole life making your first record but only like a year to make it the second one so so how long did you spend uh, making this album it was uh you know it, it took me about a year and a half to write the songs so all through 2018 and about a half of 19 i wrote the songs and the demos and that was a collection of about 24 songs and then um and then and then we started recording the album and we were about 60 percent done we had the meat and potatoes of kind of all the songs at least you know most of the music without any kind of cellos or pianos or any backup vocals in the studio, we had that done and then COVID hit and shut the world down. So for the, for about a year and a half, I never made it back out to California. Cause as you know, you know, Cal- Cali's one of those States that kind of shut down completely. Yeah. And, uh, 
So we didn't do anything with it for a while, but I'll say it was a little bit of a blessing in a way just because as we went back out a year and a half to two years later and listened to what we had already in the can, it really got the guys excited. You know, they had been away from the songs long enough now to really appreciate what we had done, and uh, it made it that much easier to kind of finish the record and be excited about it in the end. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Country music has so many generous artists who always seem to jump in to help those in need. We're spotlighting five who lead by example and lend a helping hand to charitable causes. See who made our list when you text GIVE to 45911. Text GIVE to 45911 and read all about it right now on BackstageCountry.com. Yeah, sometimes walking away from something and and, uh, and and walking back into it gives you a new set of ears. You know, this record, if I were to describe this record, you've probably heard this before, but if you were to take, like, every great 90s rock band, put it in a blender and spit it out, some might say would be the album. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can't help but be a, a product of your environment. And right. I listened to just so many of those 90s albums. And, um, you know, I think probably the only song on the on the album that's a real f- departure is Never Let You Go, which is kind of this pretty little Lumineers song that uh, that Jamie Aronson had given me this little uh, acoustic part to. And I, and I wrote, but, but, you know, you know, listening to Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains and those guys for such a long time, you could hear it in some of my vocals. And, you know, I didn't have an idea of what I wanted the record to sound like. I, re- I really didn't care what the record sounded like. I just was trying to write songs, quality songs from, from front to back on these demos. And then once I let the band take it and kind of run with it with their own style, it became what it is. And and a lot of that has to do with Jamie Aronson, the guitar player, and Clint Walsh. But um, I, I kind of let them have free reign to do what they wanted to. And, and as they were creating the sounds of this album, it started to come to life, and I was really appreciating it. Have you sent this uh, record to any of your rock star friends and looking for some feedback or any any advice from them? Yeah, you know, well, I took I took all the junkie demos to Seattle and played them for Eddie Vedder. Oh, he did you yeah. <laughs> before we recorded, and uh, he gave me some pointers and listened to him, and he said, "I think you got a collection of, of good stuff here, man. Just keep doing what you're doing." But I I haven't heard back from him since I sent him the album. He, he was out on tour, but we're going to see him this Sunday. He's he's headlining the same day we're playing out in Arizona at Innings Festival on um, February 26th here this Sunday. So uh, hopefully we're going to get some feedback from him, or maybe he's going to you know put on a put on a wig and come check out the. <laughs> from the side stage. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I've never had a chance to meet Eddie. I just interviewed Stone uh, not that long ago, and he was great. I've interviewed uh, Mike McCready and a couple of the other guys. But um, but the record's killer. Some might say, hey, real fast, uh, I want to uh, just depart real fast and talk about baseball for one second. Uh, have you watched this uh, golf uh, documentary on Netflix? No, I haven't seen it. Okay, I was just curious how 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 much it aligns with baseball because uh, you know obviously the, the 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 golf pros are at the highest level. You played at the highest level, and you know what it's like to to have that demand and that competition, that fire burning inside you all the time. So I was curious if you had seen that yet. No, I love documentaries. I watch them constantly. What's the name of that one? That one's uh, it's um, um now I can't remember uh, what it's called. Yeah, it's it's, no, a, it's just about the PGA though. It's about the PGA and it's also about the live and it and it, it highlights certain players and it follows them around. You know, um, some of the guys that are really good and some of the guys that are you know around hundredth or whatever. But it just talks about the demands and it talks about you know um, how they're at their you know they're trying to be at their peak and, and you know they put a lot of pressure on themselves to perform and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, and I you know honestly from a music standpoint, you know I can kind of see behind the curtain a little bit because when you play when you play like 
whether you play in the NFL or you, you're in a rock band, you can kind of see behind the curtain. You know how things work before they get out on the stage. And, you know, baseball-wise, you know, you always felt like you were part of something because we had a union and, and your your rights were protected. And, you know, musically, it's a little bit more like being a golfer in a way. You're kind of out there on your own. You're 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 spending your own pretty penny for gasoline in a van with, with your boys trying to make it in the music industry and staying in junkie hotels. And, and you don't have anybody feeding you like they do in baseball. So it's, you know, it's kind of a different animal being out on the road trying to trying to play music and it's 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 i could see how what a hard road it is you know just for guys to get over the hump yeah i was gonna say uh you can see that for for these newer bands and stuff you've lived the life uh you know uh you you've made the money and now you're starting from square one again uh it, it, like like somebody in a brand new band would yeah absolutely and it's it's uh yeah you're starting from the bottom up and you know you're trying to to, to get people to pay attention a little bit and hopefully listen. But, you know, the the one thing that baseball did afford me is is to not have to think about music on a way of, of bringing a paycheck in. And so it's been it's been fun to try to create music purely for the fun of that and playing shows for the fun of that and not worried about if we're losing a little bit of money or if we're making any money. And uh, hopefully, hopefully that joy will continue because for me it feels like a passion and never felt like a job as far as playing music, and hopefully it stays that way. Well, Bronson, I know you got other interviews and stuff to say, but uh, thanks for taking the time here with us in Detroit. Some might say is out right now, and uh, we'll uh, see you next time you're here, uh, perhaps in the Motor City at some gig. Yeah, man, I hope so. The machine shop's always freaking on my radar now. And there you have it, Bronson Arroyo, today on Talking Rock, and of course, Blothar the Berserker from uh, Guar. Got to thank both those guys for taking time out. And like I said, uh, you could check out that interview with uh, Blothar on WRIF.com slash Meltdown. Keep that uh, that website handy because I have a lot of things happening on there, including another track by track. That's uh, another one of my podcasts uh, that I started up uh, just recently where I'm going over artists, bands, records, track by track. And I just recorded the uh, second episode, which is going to debut coming up on March 9th. Okay, I'll put a promo out for it uh, next week, but it's really cool. It's a uh, debut record from a band. We went over it track by track. Uh, The record, by the way, that turned 30 um, last year. So it's really good stuff, and uh, I'm super excited to get that out there. Plus, I've got my Haunted Michigan podcast as well. And I just talked with uh, Steve Shippey. He just did this documentary once again in the Michigan Hell House, which is in Mid-State Michigan. This house is like... It's just absurd with its energy and its paranormal activity. So you can uh, check out that interview as well. And, of course, uh, watch that uh, documentary that he did on the Travel Channel. I think I've covered all, covered all the bases, right? Just, yeah, okay. Oh, by the way, I will be interviewing a band here on Talking Rock coming up uh, very shortly from Southern California, which is one of my favorite bands. So, anyhow, we'll get into that coming up soon right here on Talking Rock. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Thank you for listening to Talking Rock with Meltdown. You can help this podcast grow by giving it a five-star rating and writing a review on Apple and iTunes. Plus, feel free to subscribe and share it with your friends. Until next time, thanks for listening to Talking Rock.